Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. We are getting a brand new Wrestle Ramble set, hopefully installed in an hour. Yes. After it was delayed on Friday because of glue problems needed to dry. Mm-hmm. And uh, yesterday, transport issues. So hopefully... Those are all the problems. And now we can just have a nice, brand new, lovely set that we can populate with garbage. Yes. And uh, lights. Get ready to set up for to record tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. How exciting. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. But how was your weekend? My weekend Anniversary, was, man. It was lovely, thank you very much. So yeah, if you are new to the show, you didn't hear any of last week's episodes, I was on my one-year wedding anniversary, mm. which I celebrated on Sunday. It was one year uh, that I, I've been married. Uh, and we went away how's that year been it's been lovely it's been yeah. a, a tremendous first year actually I think we've done very well so we average uh, uh, no, well no I'd say a uh, high high core really high core you I would say you haven't gone yeah. in all for your first year of marriage well you don't want to don't want to big yourself up too much do you also we haven't finished the house yet so I can't give it a full five that's, out of five damning, <laughs> what about if it was in Japan oh well then it's, five you know, star five yeah. plus it would be a high in all um so we uh, we went to Herefordshire for uh, we went to a converted wagon in the middle of a field that was high up on a hill in the middle of nowhere. Um, couldn't get to it via sat nav, kind of that that sort of out of out of the middle of nowhere type deal. Have to follow paper instructions in order how to get there, and it was like secluded beyond all imagination. Like it was it was unnervingly quiet. Which is, I mean, like, from what I understand from what you've told me, that's what gets you off. That's that's why you went there. It was a whole kinky weekend. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. yeah, you, like, yeah. you don't want the screams to, you don't no. want people to hear those things. No, no. Your so, screams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it could not be hers, is it? And um, <laughs> so we, yeah, we had a very, very lovely weekend. Uh, did some reading, went for uh, some walks around Hay on Y. I bought some lovely fudge. Hay on uh, Y sounds like a youth thing. <laughs> like a new social media well, messaging app. I uh, I can tell you how I saw it. 
where and show you that it's not a new social media thing in terms of way my brain works i kept singing the name of it to the tune of outcasts hey ya hey on why yep there you go oh oh hey on why shake it yes don't shake it that'll make it run (laughs) <laughs> so we had that's that's not the official Polaroid advice. Absolutely, yeah. So we had a, a very very nice weekend. We decided as well that we, for our anniversary gift, we are going to get each other uh, whatever the the item is that's connected to the anniversary year. So you know, twenty fifth is paper. Is it the is first year. paper indeed. It is. So we got each other paper based gifts. Mm. In that uh, we had two sheets of A four. And we could do whatever we wanted with those two sheets of A4. So I tried my hand at origami. Ooh. It did not go well. Uh oh. I so we were uh, we wanted to leave about ten o'clock on uh, the Friday. I suddenly realised that I haven't done my origami yet, and there may not be reception where we go, so I can't watch the YouTube videos. So I need to do it this morning. So what were you trying to make? I was trying to make an origami unicorn. Sounds complicated. Yeah, it was it was more difficult than I'd anticipated. I'd watched a lot of videos, but I then could not find the video that I had watched uh-huh. that made it look like the easiest. And I had done some tests, but the test hadn't really worked. But I thought to myself, I'll be alright on the night. Uh so I then Or the stu- morning. Or the morning. So I then tried to to do it, and it was a twenty minute video. I got eight minutes into it, <laughs> and I had made so many errors. And I had I'd rewatched several parts of it multiple times because this person was just like and then just do a mountain fold i'm like oh hang on what's a mountain fold and like it it was not working whatsoever it's not your mama's origami it's not but here's the kicker to it i had a sheet of a4 to make the unicorn it had to be a perfect square which means i'd cut off a portion of my a4 paper to do this and then when I realized that the unicorn was not going to work and I abandoned it because it was now 20 past 10 and we had still not left yet, nor had I packed or done my teeth or anything like that. And I suddenly looked at my square with all of its folds and creases and my other little strip and I was like, oh, I've effed it. I've completely effed my first anniversary wedding present. Oh, well, so you needed to use all the sheets. Well, I only had that one sheet. We got <coughs> given one sheet of paper ah. each because it was special paper. I got given one. I was like, oh, I've effed this. And so I spent the three-hour car journey, which my wife slept through because she's not very well at the moment. Bless her. She came down with a cold the day before we left and is still not recovered. She's working from home today. Um, I suddenly realized I had to spend the three-hour journey. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I had to think of something else. And I think I managed to come up with something. I'm not going to say because like, we decided that the presents we gave each other, it's personal. It's between only us. But I think I managed to come up with something that was suitable. Like, she liked it. I'll just say a few things uh, that, like, just hints of what I think it might be. Jimmy Havoc, Sammy Callahan. Uh, no, no, no Jimmy Havoc no spot. No paper cut. No paper cuts or anything. I didn't just go to it. I was like, happy anniversary. Paper cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> Salt. <laughs> um, how was your weekend? It was good. I went to a Halloween party. <gasps> What'd you go as? What'd you go as? What'd you go as? Well, we, 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 we were going to get actual costumes, but none of us could be bothered. Oh, so, you are the worst! So what we did is Anna, my lady partner, she's handy. She's handy with a face paint thing. So we all got kind of whited up faces with black eyes or 
you know, kind of Day of the Dead style, which apparently is cultural appropriation if you do it on Strictly Come Dancing. But, you know, there's only so many things I could be offended about in the world. <laughs> I'm not choosing to be offended about that one like some people are. And uh, <clears throat> I, I was like, what, what, what sort of pattern do I want? I was like, I want Chris Jericho Dominion. <laughs> Which is the white face yep. with kind of crosses going across your eyes mm-hmm. uh, and black lipstick. So that's what you did? That's what I did. And weirdly, we also had a ringmaster outfit lying around. So mm. I just put that on as well with my LOS, uh, L-I- sorry, LIJ t-shirt mm. on as well. So I was I mean, kind of repping the wrestling, I felt. It's, it's just a nice to get a window into your kinky sex life. Mm. You know, just oh, we just happen to have a ringmaster yeah, um, costume around. I was just lying around. Just lying bit, around the house. The open butt bit. It was, <laughs> yeah. it's a bit weird. We're just massively into P.T. Barnum sex. Yes. Uh, freaky. The, the, <laughs> the, the real freak show. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, we, um, oh, what was the other funny thing that happened in relation to that? Damn it. Damn it. We also went to go see Halloween. Oh, yes, we did that. That was yeah. our Thursday thing. It was, yeah. I like. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was pretty pretty okay. But yeah, it was, I, I watched a video catching me up on all the sequels that I'm never going to watch. Oh, they're bad. Yeah. They are bad. It is. I was laughing. I felt it was like a comedy video, but the guy was talking about it seriously. Wall to wall, Halloween is the worst horror franchise. <laughs> wall to wall. It is the worst horror franchise with the best start. Like, Halloween is a five-star stone-cold classic. It is a faultless movie. It is flawless. Mm. And each one of its sequels are but. Like, they are absolutely awful. Although I do think H2O is fun. But it's still bad. Yeah. And the remakes are remarkably worse. I I just like how much the video goes. And here's where they reset all the continuity. I feel like that's a recent thing, but no. No, no. Oh, no. Halloween. Absolutely. Halloween bloody loved doing it. Particularly when they started bringing curses into it and all that sort of nonsense. Oh, I tell you what. One, one last thing before we get out the intro. Mm-hmm. This guy bought a bike. Oh, you bought a bike bought now a bike. after your your mishaps last week. Yeah, after that. Well, I'm hoping I buy a bike. I learn how to fix a puncture, and then I'm. You I'm don't all know sorted. how to fix a puncture. I haven't ridden a bike since I was a kid. Well, neither have I. But I know how to fix a puncture. Well, I imagine you know, put it under the water, find out where it is, tape it up. Yes. Look, I d- look. I think that is the exact same <laughs> mindset. That, you're, that failed your origami. <laughs> because here I am. So I know how to do it, but I haven't done it. Like that, and I can l- recognise my limitations. Whereas you watch, quite quite obviously, a very complicated, high-level origami video and go, yeah, I, I can do that because I've I watched could, it. Yeah, well, no, I tried it as well. I mean, the, the, tri- failed. the tries all failed as well. Uh, before we get out, let's oh, do sorry. A- One more thing. Yeah. Because that was going to lead into... Oh, yeah. Who's going to teach me... How about my boy Roy Halcrow, who's gotten in touch, he's a fan, has been listening since the Flickering Myth days. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, which is the old movie podcast me and Luke used to do. Mm. And uh, he manages a bike shop in Clapton, which is only like 25 minutes from my house. Excellent. Is that where you want to go buy it from? No, no, I bought it from Decathlon. <laughs> 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 but, uh, I, can, I, can, I can go to his... And he'll teach me how to ride fix a bike, a, fix a puncture. Yeah. Or if you have any needs when it comes to cycling, I'd be happy to help. 
Well, very nice. Oh, and he's coming to the Prince Charles. Oh, excellent. Oh, wonderful stuff. Buy your tickets now. Uh, the show's in two It's two weeks today. It's, yeah, it's show. approaching. Yes, uh, before we get out of the intro, though, we've got a quick Rusev Hey here from Jem. Uh, Jem Sedigal, I'm going to say. He, uh, he spelled it out for me phonetically, at least the first part of it. He said it's a Turkish name. Hey, Luke, Ollie, and Fagador. I've been a big fan of WrestleTalk for over a year now. Not only am I a big-time pod swafter, I also enjoy the YouTube videos very much. Anyway, keep up the entertaining and consistent work. Here's my Rusev Hey. Rusev it's, Hey. It's your classic Rusev Hey. Wait for this. A couple of months ago, I went to my first wrestling show. It was my local indie called TPW Turkish Power Wrestling. There were some great wrestlers on the card, like Doug Williams, MVP, and Johnny Impact, or whatever the hell he called himself. It was a good show. <laughs> Johnny Turkish. Johnny Turkish, week. yeah. MVP always seems to crop up in these emails. They, people never meet him. He's just always <laughs> on the card. Uh, it was a good show, and I really enjoyed the main event. It was a bit boring at times, especially when Johnny Impact got injured and didn't show up the fans me included Aww. were all peed off and we weren't happy until mvp actually main evented i got to see some wrestlers after the show but most were gone i did catch a quick talk with doug and mvp but i couldn't take any pictures as i could tell they were exhausted and just wanted to get the hell out of here out of there so that's my rusev hey thank you for consistently entertaining me take care it's one of your perfect rusev hayes where you sort of have a story but don't yes that's my favorite kind absolutely bloody love it so let's get into the show we are going to talk about the Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose segment from Raw, and how are, are WWE exploiting the the leukemia? It's a sensitive subject. Here's the show. But yes, uh, just just to get this out of the way, it's. I don't think it's too soon. No, and neither do I. Okay, then. Thank you for watching. Yeah, so this is the Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose storyline, which was the huge cliffhanger after last week's episode. They win the Raw Tag Team Championships, tag team belts that were nowhere seen on this show. Ah, well, I thought the same thing. However, I've spotted them because I was doing images for the news today and I got the brackets for the World Cup. And in Seth Rollins' picture, he is holding the Raw Tag Team Championship. So he is still Raw Tag Team Champion. And the Intercontinental And the Intercontinental Champion. So he's, he's, he's dual-strapped, double-strapping. Yeah, he's got both belts. Actually, I think both belts are on top of each other. Mm. But he has got it. So that is the only mention of the tag belts on this show. And I only saw it when I was saving images for the news. Well, they... Yeah, so they win the tag team titles, but Dean Ambrose turns on Seth Rollins. Why does he turn on Seth Rollins? We don't know. We didn't know last week. We still don't know this week because Dean Ambrose was entirely silent. He was incredible, incredible face acting. Really enjoyed the acting on his face. Yep. The nose, the lips and the snarl. And there's great I, face acting. And this kind of brings <clears throat> up something I wanted to talk to you about because I wasn't here for like Dean Ambrose's post-SummerSlam return like mm. for the couple of weeks because I was away on my honeymoon but you and Laurie when you were doing your episodes were talking about God it'd be so awesome if Dean doesn't cut a promo whatsoever and yeah. wouldn't it have been amazing if they'd still stuck with that so really the only word you'd have heard him say was what he was shouting last week which was like why him why why, do, why am I doing this mm. and attacking him and then this week not saying anything again and just really like adding that element to his character that he just he doesn't cut promos anymore that would have been amazing. It would have, it would have created so much vagueness and intrigue around Ambrose, and they did that. They had that there for three weeks. It was like what I was like really getting into it. What are the first words that Ambrose is going to say since his return, and then he just cut a promo backstage. It was a comedy segment with Jinder, if yeah, I remember correctly. Yeah, so 
you know. But either way, Dean was absolutely awesome in this segment. Mm. I thought it was a really cool segment as well. Like, as you say, like all of the drama that came from the last week angle was in what really wasn't said. And it was like, it was Seth constantly like reading across him saying like, it's okay. Yes. Like, it's fine. We can work through this. But Dean constantly attacking him again. And then Seth came out here to demand answers. And he said that I'm now a three-time tag team champ. And he said, I should be out here with Dean, but I'm not. And in some way, I blame myself. Mm. I blame myself for what I did four years ago. And I really don't think Dean's ever got over it. And he called out Dean. Dean didn't answer to his music. Instead, he came out in the crowd area like the Shield used to. And that just almost, it didn't anger Seth. But it annoyed him mm. because he was just like, oh, come, now you're just mocking the shield. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And it was great. And Dean just wouldn't say anything. I thought it was a really, really cool and effective segment. Yeah. And Seth, and this is when, like, Seth started to, because initially he started understanding, didn't he? Like you said, you know, maybe we could still work this out, Dean. Come out here. Tell me what you're going through, man. This is like a tough time for all of us. And then maybe we can sort this out. That was the impression I got mm-hmm. that Seth started this segment as. But then, yeah, he just kind of gets angry. I mean, if you want to do some arm- armchair psychology, he's probably angry that it, with himself because he does blame a bit of Seth. Seth sees a bit of his, the, the worst kind of Rollins in what Dean's done. So that's exactly. going to make you angry too. Uh, but it was when, like, Seth, I thought Dean's, Ambrose's performance, just with the face acting, that was sublime. I think that was very, very good. A lot of lip curling. What a sneer. <laughs> that should be his finishing move. <laughs> Just sneer someone, they fall yeah. over. Yeah, absolutely. Go for the pin. But it was, it's almost, unfortunately it was so good. I don't think many people are going to talk about how excellent Seth's babyface promo was. Yeah, really, like, really. Because like you said, he started off understanding and then he went through the motions of, I'm annoyed with you, mate. No, no, actually, you know, you know what? Yeah. And he got really angry with him. And that's when he uses, you know, how dare you do that on the same night we find out about Roman Reigns' leukemia diagnosis. Mm. And it's like, I can see why people would take offense to that, because essentially what you're saying is, how dare you do this pro wrestling thing? using this real life real life tragedy thing. yes yeah yeah and i get that and that's what a lot of people said last week was that it was too soon to do the dean heel turn like that night really should have ended with just seth and dean celebrating the the shield brothers celebrating you know toasting their victory to their brother who unfortunately has had to take some time off because of a very serious real life like illness mm. but they didn't like vince mcmahon decided tonight is the night we're going to do the turn Presumably because, as we said last week, no one will see this coming. You'll never see it coming, like um, Mandarin said in uh, Iron Man 3. You'll never see this coming. And and I thought it was really effective. And I said last week, and I I still sort of stand by this, I'm so glad they did it last Mm. week. Because not only does it, like, I don't think... At the time, I didn't really think they were using the the Roman Reigns leukemia thing to f- to fuel this heel turn. It was just almost like, God, we've had this really dreadful news. But remember, pro wrestling. Let's let's snap back into this sort of like you know make believe world that we all love. And because I didn't see it coming, it was the most shocking heel turn I've seen probably since Champa turned on on uh, Johnny Gargano at NXT TakeOver last year. So I thought it was really effective last week. And I thought it was really effective this week as well. And that was mostly down to Seth's promo work and Dean's facial acting. 
And I suppose I haven't really conflated the two together of this storyline and Roman's real-world thing. Maybe that's me. I'd, I've just not made that connection to the two. Well, it's definitely there. Like I, I and as an I, underlying thing, though. Like like Seth didn't come out and say you turned heel because Roman's got leukemia. No, but he says like. I'm really angry with you because you turned heel, sure, but I'm more angry with you because you did it on that night. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what the hell, man? So I I think it is, like, quite a large component of the whole storyline. But the difference is, I don't have any issue with them using this in a storyline. So if I was a wrestler, and I'm pretty sure I'd feel this way if I was an actual wrestler, I would want anything... To be turned into a storyline, yeah. Like I, because I, I'd be like, okay, this sucks. I'm out injured, or I've got this thing that's happened. My wife's left me, but you know what? Let's turn it into a storyline. And you almost like give the respect. Like that, the, there's an argument to be made that turning this into such a good storyline and an emotional way to work through grief not not grief because he's not you know past, but you know these these very sad feelings through fiction is actually honouring the, the fact that Roman has been diagnosed with leukemia. Which is a very wrestling thing to do. Like when Paul Bearer passed away, they used that in CM Punk's feud with The Undertaker totally. of them, like, you know, juggling the urn. When Eddie Guerrero passed away, they used that. But that's the problem. And, this, and that's yeah. the difference between the two is what you don't want this to be is that to be like the main component of this storyline is Roman's leukemia and that is what is fueling the drama. And we're just going to to use a horrible word, exploit that to tell a wrestling storyline, which is unfortunately what they did with Eddie's death. Any time a heel wanted to get heat, all they had to say was like, Eddie's dead, he's in hell, like that Randy Orton promo with with Rey Mysterio. And they just kept going back to that well over and over and over again to the point where it really felt exploitative. Whereas, you know, you could have just had Ray's story of, like, I want to win the championship in honour of Eddie. That's that that's kind of a fine way to do it. But then to use it as heel heat is bad. Yeah. And I suppose we won't really know if they're looking to use leukemia as heel heat for Dean until Dean reveals his reason for mm-hmm. why he turned heel. So as, as I said, like, I'm, I mean, there are... The two are obviously connected. But I'm, at the moment, I'm not... I'm not joining those dots together because it's not been outright said that is why I have turned heel. Yeah, it's a it's it's a really tricky balance, and I think in the Eddie Guerrero instance, you know, that was that was not nice. No. I didn't enjoy it. And one of the the largest parts is the performers if they're comfortable with it. And by all accounts, Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton were not cool with that being said. But like the, the company was like, no, go out there and do it. Whereas, like, hopefully, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns have all signed off on this storyline. Like, yes, we want to, we want to do this storyline. Mm-hmm. We don't feel it's exploitative. So you, you get around it that way. I Personally, I don't think this is exploitative at all. I think it's being done very sensitively and, you know, quite fascinatingly and dramatically engaging. Uh, but, yeah, they, they do. Like, it, it did lead Seth. Like, that motivation, that real emotional motivation. There was a moment here when Seth got so angry, I forgot I was watching fake wrestling. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to see Seth kick Dean's ass. Yeah. Because Seth, like, goes, you know, like, I, I, you're a cold-hearted bastard, 
and I'm going to make your your life a living hell, you son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. And he like if that, that like he, tri- that he was anger. tripping over words yeah. because he was he was about to say something that internally he might regret at a later time or something he's not allowed mm. to say on a PG show. But it wasn't it didn't feel scripted. Like you compare this promo to say the Nia Jax Ember Moon segment that happened on the <laughs> show. Like it's night and day in terms of someone taking scripted material yeah. but making it sound real, and two people who literally go ba 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 ba. Yeah, exactly. And it may as well Terrence just be Phillip. Muppets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just big flapping heads. <laughs> and like Seth had this really awesome line, and it was one of my, probably my favorite line of this. He's like, you know, at least when I stabbed you in the back. Like I did it in the, I stabbed you in the eye as well, mm. and I gave you, I told you why I did this. I was completely upfront and honest about it. Like, why wouldn't you give me the same courtesy? I thought it was a really nice thing because that's Seth admitting, mate, I was a dick as well. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not saying I'm innocent in all of this. I was a proper dick to you, and this is probably one of the reasons why. But just tell me, and just tell me why. I, I really appreciated that line because that's something that's uh, a big flaw with the Charlotte Becky Lynch storyline. It's like let's just not mention that Charlotte was a heel for a very long time yeah. and did all these things and worse that <laughs> Becky's doing right now. Yeah. Let's just not mention that at all. Whereas Seth mentions it and just that the act of bringing it up almost not excuses it, but it narratively it makes it a lot neater. Like I brought it up. There it is. It's out the way now. We can move on. Yeah. That's uh, why I think Seth's yeah. such a great character is because <clears throat> he is one of those people that is very up and honest about his heel persona. And it's like, that was a person I was then. I'm trying to make amends yeah. for it. Like, that was the, the driving force of their storyline last year between Seth and Dean was like, I'm trying to make up to you for what I did previously. Whereas, you know, like uh, Elias on this show, last week was a heel. Now he's a babyface. And this is like, no, I'm just a babyface now. I no longer tell you that your hometown sucks, but I'm not giving you a reason for why I've stopped doing that. Yeah. I, you just all like me now. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is much better. I d- one more thing on Seth's delivery here. I think so. The St- Stan of Zlasky in acting, which is where you oh pretentious Ollie's around, is he? Yeah, it's just <laughs> academically correct, Ollie. It, it's you know it's method acting. It's where you use real life emotions to make the acted emotions seem more real. And a lot of the time, when Seth was saying these these things to Dean, and he was getting quite emotional, like it, that felt so real because it likely was real mm. because he's channeling all those horrible feelings he's feeling about Roman Reigns through the promo. I, I thought it was this was this was an excellent segment. Like this yeah. this was the I mean I was, it's the best thing since last Raw. <laughs> I mean I thought this show was actually quite poor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, the, well. this this was by far the best thing. It was it was terrific, much better than anything on SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Ramble is taking over the Prince Charles Cinema on November 13th, 2018 for a live podcast recording along with a special screening of one of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time, Beyond the Mat. Since you are able to regurgitate, you know, on command, um, (laughs) it it just seems to me that, that, that it's pretty logical that you should be puke. Holly El Fakador and myself will be in attendance to watch the film and meet everyone who comes along, as well as record a live episode of the podcast with your Q's and RAs. You make it sound like you don't even want to live. There's time to know. There's a lot of times I don't. 
But this won't just be any old screening of Beyond the Mat, no no no, this will be a wrestler-long screening. We want to create the atmosphere of a wrestling show inside the cinema screen. That means that we want you to bring your signs, bring your costumes, and bring your chants. He's got a pew! He's got a pew! It's going to be a lot of fun and we can't wait to meet you all there. That's November 13th at the Prince Charles Cinema in London. Wrestler-long screening of Beyond the Mat, along with a live podcast record of Wrestle Ramble. Tickets are available now from PrinceCharlesCinema.com, but they are going fast. Game of Wall Street 4. Wall Street wasn't fun. Wrestling is fun. That's PrinceCharlesCinema.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Twizzlers. You can't be serious with Twizzlers. <laughs> are we I sponsored get, by them as well? Are we? I get you annoyed. Oh yeah. I felt like that. Uh, do, do they usually do the sponsorship so much? Yeah, totally. Yeah, but like it's because that's it really the, broke through this week. It's the catchphrase that's been given to you. Like you know, like Snickers doesn't really. I like, get some nuts. It's just get some nuts. So like you say it, and it's three words, and they're gone. With Twizzler, it's like Twizzler. You can't be serious with Twizzler. Yeah, that got to me this week. I mean, it's hypocritical coming off the back of, we just did a sponsorship bit, but Beer 52 are great. Yeah. And we get to drink beer while we... I wish Michael Cole had a beer on there. <laughs> Loosen him up a bit. Absolutely. Uh, but our Patreon shout-outs to all those $25 
and above Patreons, where, you know, we've got a fantasy booking warfare coming next weekend. Yes, finally yes. next weekend it does return, and we're going to be doing the Undisputed Era's main roster call-up. So our $25 and above backers can suggest fantasy booking warfare topics, and that was one suggested. It was voted for by our pledge hammers. But the, the poll was quite a while ago. The problem was we launched the poll... And then evolution and crown jewel and everything else has sort of come about, and so we didn't want it to get lost in the shuffle because this is something we do for all of our all of the SWAT mm. nation, but also for the people who've pledged on Patreon. So we're doing it next weekend. It was a bit the it was the rather large matter of us not having a studio for about two months as well. Well, I was I was saying since we launched the poll, but the previous two yes. to three months before, uh, before it's that. It's been a long time since the last. Long time since we've been. I'm out of practice. Uh, so thank you very much Mo Space Mo Problems Yes Woo-hoo! Lovely stuff Noah the Ark Trombley Two of a kind yes. Put them in there There can only be one Our legend Yes Highlander Robert Spencer Period Monty Brown references yeah, In 2018 Harder than its bite Sean Barksdale Yes Woof 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 Question the skies Tommy Christopher Like Woo. the X-Files yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh The incredible Jorge Henriquez Yes Got a bit of an accent for you Duo XM Michael Sands Yeah Sounds like a radio Come station uh, Kenneth Houston We have a problem Woohoo yes. Cheers like First a- man's a really good movie That's right uh, Bull lift club leader Johnny Motta I'm guessing that was A suggested one by him It certainly Woo-hoo. was You're welcome Cheers guys We're going to have more $25 backers Tomorrow <laughs> So the proper show Opened With a recap Of the Reverend Reigns yeah, thing Jeez yeah. God it makes me sad Every time Yeah I'm not I'm, It's not getting any less Sad Sad yeah I mean this was This was very sad But the segment later With the kids Yep 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was That was super sad Because I can't Not that I forgot That Roman Reigns That whole thing had happened But I just You know I became adjusted to Raw And I was watching Raw and sometimes Roman isn't on Raw, so just like oh, it's just a, it's just a Raw, yada yada yada. Oh no, that thing happened, yeah. and the kids as well. Like because we had like the, the the gut punch of Raw last week, but then you had that really disappointing SmackDown, like mm. a really really bad episode of SmackDown. That all it was so bad it made you forget about the really sad tragedy. And then we've had all the Evolution stuff, so it almost felt like I'd almost forgotten about the Roman Reigns thing. Not in a bad, like not in a bad way of just like ah, I've already forgotten about him. What a dingus! But just like it's, I've, there's been so much other stuff. Mm. And then you, the first thing we saw on Raw today was that it was just a reminder of that gut punch again. And I was like, God dang it! Yeah, God just a week it. ago. Yeah, it was just a week ago. It feels strange, doesn't it? Feels it? so much longer. It's weird. Anyway, speaking of using that real life situation for heat, it comes on it like after that video package opens on Raw GM. Uh, Constable Corbin in the ring. He's got the universal title belt over his shoulder. And he says, you know, I wish Roman a speedy recovery and all that. But I hope he doesn't come back to Raw because this thing looks good on me. Yeah. And I, I I didn't mind it. I think that, like, he he did the nice bit. Yeah. 
I thought it was fine. I, I mean, it, it, I don't think it was like all that's offensive. It's certainly not as bad as them replaying the uh, Undertaker and Kane burying people promo. Like that, I think is way worse. You've just got to commit, man. <laughs> like you're going there. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're all in. We're all in yeah. on this. But like, I saw someone post this on Twitter. I don't remember who. Part of the gimmick. Who just said, imagine if you haven't watched Raw for about a month and this is the first thing you see is Baron Corbin standing in the ring with the Universal Championship and be like, did he win the belt? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's the alternate timeline. Then uh, Brock Lesnar comes out and he looks lame without the pyro. Doesn't he? When he does the... Is that the only time you've ever noticed this? I, I mean, it's so, been like this for it, over a year. I know, but sometimes I, I forget. Because, <laughs> like, the last time... He, it's not like he made loads of appearances in that year. Mm. Anyway, I thought that was... I thought it was just like... I mean, it's the, with the Lesnar thing now, you can. It, he just looks dead behind the eyes. Like Just he, disinterested. That's it. It's bored disinterested. behind the eyes. Yeah, bored behind the eyes is a much better way of doing it. He just looks like... Man, I mean, I'm here because I'm getting some sweet, sweet dollar-dollar bill, y'all, but I'd much rather be elsewhere. I bet that's one person who does not care about the the whole oh, controversy. I guarantee you he doesn't, because he's just <laughs> looking at his fat bank account that's just had a massive deposit put into it. And just be like, whoo, yeah. on a plane trip, you say? I can catch up on those films I've missed. So Paul Heyman cuts that spoiler promo shtick where he's, you know, spoiler, Brock's going to win, he's going to be the new Universal Champion. One of the problems with this match now is I don't think anyone believes that. No. Which makes me worried that's what's going to happen for a swerve. But at least Mm. when you had the triple threat, Roman, Braun and Brock, there was some intrigue whether Braun might win. You know, Roman was always the the out-and-out favourite. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, this this is what I said last (laughs) week. Like, I'm so much less interested in Braun versus Brock than I was in the triple threat, which is why I was really hoping that they would add Drew into that match and according to PW Insider it was pitched to add during because he's going over for the show because he's in the corner of Dolph Ziggler throughout the, the tournament if he doesn't get knocked down the first round so he is there so that apparently according to Mike Johnson he was pitched to be in that match and I would have been so much more interested because when Drew came out later and was, there was barely a mention of all the stuff over these last two weeks between him and Braun I was like what a, what a sad, what a disappointment to just not did, follow. No, yeah, in a throwaway line, like it was just like. I thought that was the focus of his promo. Well, I'd he just, he was just like, I'm going to watch the match, and then but, it was, and then it was, yeah. and then it cut back to Dolph being like, and also the World Cup. Yeah, I, yeah. I felt there was so much more focus on the World Cup aspect that it, like you bet you may as well have not mentioned at all. Like Braun didn't mention anything between Drew. The commentators weren't mentioning anything between Drew and Braun. I just thought it was a bit of a disappointing follow-up to the last couple of weeks. I, I didn't really mind that bit, just because I'm so confused about who's building to what at the moment. <laughs> I don't know. Is it Survivor Series? I don't know. It's Survivor Series in three weeks. That's strange, isn't that is it? so weird. So Brock Lesnar's out there looking beefy, and then the beef multiplies when Braun Strowman comes out. Uh, he's over, because he was over as a babyface, and then we had these awkward six weeks where he had to be a heel to get Roman over... And but now he's a babyface again, and people like I, th- I think people are, are like okay, let's just forget about the the dogs of war nonsense. Mm-hmm. Get these hands, get yeah. these hands, and everyone's chanting that, and that they you know they're getting close, might kiss, but Baron is goes no 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 no, mm-hmm. and puts a hand on Braun's boobie. Yeah, error. Yeah, big, it was an error. Uh, Braun power slams him, then picks him up for a second one. Kratos channing one more time. My favourite part of this, though, is as Braun is busy power <laughs> slamming Baron Corbin, 
<laughs> Brock Lesnar just picks up the belt, puts it over his shoulder. I thought it was a really nice moment because Brock is like, oh, that's mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that for a long, old time. And he's he's just chuckling. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Well, you're not going to do that to me. Yeah. I, I thought, so this would have been a good segment like two weeks ago in the feud. And I get that you just had to change this major event, th- th- this this match, because Roman's no longer in it as of last week. Well, then, you know, come up with a better go-home angle, because this is the go-home show. Yeah. Don't book an angle that is really your first week of the build. Like, having yeah. having one of the guys laugh at your offense to set up a match in five days' time, like, that is not the time for that dynamic. You want them to either both be going at it furiously or one scared of the other. Yes. Like, this, this, was, this undermined it a lot. I, I thought, yeah, this was a, this was a bad go-home segment. But in fairness, this isn't like what the show is being built around. Like mm. this match is not the most important thing at Crown Jewels. The, the tag match is the most important thing there. So that's the one they're going to put the more time and effort into, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, but, you know, that's... Yeah, let's not have too many good ideas, well, no, is your argument. Not, well, there. yeah, I'm Pritcheting this. I Pritchard, yeah. Uh, so, really awesomely, we go into the next match, which is Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley, which, you know, as soon as Finn Balor came out, I, I was like, versus Bobby Lashley. <laughs> I typed in my notes before they even announced it, because that's just the, the way WWE do things. But what I didn't see coming is as Finn's coming down to the to the ring Baron Corbin is being helped out by referees the other way and they have this really nice moment where they stare at each other of course they were feuding not too long ago Finn smiles at him just as a too sweet yeah. and Baron's character is very very good yeah like very he interesting. Is, he's not as good as Paige but like he is he gets his receipt on a segment by segment basis. Oh yeah, he's allowed to get his yeah. yeah. I think I think he's like so much better than Kurt Angle in this <laughs> role. I'm enjoying Baron a lot. Yeah. But yeah, this was Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley. I groaned when I realised this was the match, but I thought they had a bit of a... I enjoyed this match. Yeah, uh, Leo Rush cut a bit of a promo beforehand, calling him the extra non-ordinary man that got lucky last week. Lame line, but it's supposed to be because you're meant to think that he's lame, and then he's just around the ring going, Lashley! Lashley! And it's... uh, It's pretty good. Thanks, man. It's... um, My man! (laughs) The man of the hour! And he's like just standing there doing that, but like Balor goes up to hit the coup de grace, and Rush just gets up and just pushes him off the top rope for the mm. DQ. Um, and then Lashley beats up Balor around ringside. Uh, and then after that, backstage, Lashley was with um, Baron Corbin and he said, because of your performance last week and this week, I'm going to put you in the World Cup instead of John Cena, who didn't even qualify. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the big idea <laughs> to explain why one of the biggest, well, the biggest star WWE have made in the last you know, two decades, really. Isn't on the show that he was announced for. Yeah, absolutely fine. Did you see um, John Oliver's roast? Yes, it's a, it's a weekly segment now. It seems. Yeah, but I thought this week was the most uh, most damning one. Like he even made fun of Titus World Slide. Yeah, in, yeah. In the that's, process, that's too harsh. <laughs> like you, you can you can make fun of a lot of stuff, but not not that. So yeah, John Cena's not in. Uh, and this is how they write him out. And it cuts back to, because, you know, this is all dastardly heel move, Baron, because Bobby didn't even win the last. T- technically, he lost last week to Balor, and he lost this week via DQ. Like, th- there's no reason for Bobby to be put into the, mm-hmm. the World Cup. But, hey, heels helping out heels, that's how it goes. Cuts to the commentary desk, 
And Renee Young's got this, like, outrage. One line of outrage. Why is this being allowed to happen? Michael Cole. Yeah, but look what happened after evolution. <laughs> Move past us. Moving on. We're moving on. Oh, my God. I, like, when I, like, I'm not even angry anymore. It's just, it's just all funny now. It's all ridiculously, pathetically funny. Yeah. And... That like I was like that is that's that's how they've done it. That's how they've written them out. Yeah. Just one line. Yeah, yeah. Because John Cena's not in it. That's why you're in it. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't really qualify though, did he? Moving on. Like there was so many. Like, there was like several weeks there where they were building up. But John Cena's an all timer, so he gets to go in first. And we were all like, but he hasn't even qualified. And now it's typical WWE. Yeah, but you said he never even qualified. But don't don't use our arguments. Come up with something better. This uh, was very and like so the report is as well that Brian is not is not going to be at Crown Jewel. That's what um, Robbie Fox, who was the first person who reported that Cena had pulled out, yeah. he is saying that Brian is not there either. And the Roman stuff, and the like, Ro- he, yes. yeah, he reported mid Monday like Roman's going to have an announcement tonight. Yes. so he's definitely got a source in there. Yeah, so he is saying that Brian is not going to be at the show on Friday, and I th- apparently they're going to record something tonight. They've announced that Brian and AJ are having an in ring segment. So I assume that's where they're going to announce. But according to uh, Robbie Fox, the way that he phrased the tweet is that WWE's plan is to advertise the match like it's still happening up until the event. And then they'll just decide what's going to happen. It's a very interesting Well, they were announcing Cena for like the majority, like for the show up until like Bobby Mm -hmm. was there. They were like, Cena's still in the World Cup. Cena's going to be the World Cup. Yeah. It's uh, so I guess from WWE's warped mindset, which I don't agree with, I'm just trying to understand. This is all storyline, and in storyline, this is a match. So we will announce this storyline match in storyline until its storyline doesn't happen. Yeah. Which is when the angle in storyline happens at Crown Jewel. Yeah. So in that, I don't think they're doing anything wrong. I think psychotically, <laughs> they think they're fine. When actually this is like an abhorrent business practice, but we all accept it because they've done it forever. But if there's any other promotion that did this, like falsely advertise a match, they'd go out of business eventually. But WWE are too big to fail for now. But onto bigger things, they announced that Becky Lynch is going to face Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series in a champion versus champion match. It's the one night of the year, Ollie Davis, that Raw and SmackDown stars go head to head in direct competition despite the fact that the World Cup is also built on a final <laughs> where a Raw guy will face a SmackDown guy. Um, and it's it's in three weeks. Mm. Like, I couldn't believe it when this... Like, when Michael Cole said, and that match is happening in three weeks, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. We've had so much over the last couple of weeks, and now we've got another show, a big show, one of the big five shows, and it's just round the corner. I'd argue that Survivor Series has really over-delivered since the brand split as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you, you think that was... Vince McMahon was going to cancel Survivor Series for a while because he was like, it's a dead brand, don't care about it anymore. But then they got like got a second wind. That's where The Rock had his first match back when he te- teamed with John Cena against the dastardly team of The Miz and R-Truth. Yep. Back in, like, awesome Truth. Yeah. And and, and now, like I, I think the, the brand spurs has really given the Survivor Series pay-per-view a new lease of life. You had that amazing Brock Lesnar-Goldberg thing. Yep. It, it, it feels like 2K. It feels like the video game pay-per-view. Yeah, I thought last and year's show was really good. Last year, the Survivor Series match was really cool. And you got that Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles match. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but um, th- this year, it's it's sort of been hampered. Like, 
imagine if you saved some of the matches that have happened on the Super Showdown and the Crown Jewel, and you save those for Survivor Series. Yeah, like if but, you had the DX Brother Destruction match at Survivor Series rather than Crown Jewel. And that's deserving of a big five slot, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's been diluted. We've had too many big matches. So, unfortunately, Survivor Series has been lost in the shuffle. Although, they, I mean, this is a this is a very exciting match announcement. Just, so, yeah. they've managed to find something. Yeah. Uh, Although, going by last year, the titles would just change hands and it would be a completely different yeah. match. <laughs> it would be Jinder Mahal in there. <laughs> or Tamina at this rate. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, hmm. I, I, so, I don't think... I'm excited for the match. I'm glad they're doing it. I don't think putting Ronda against Becky is a good move right now mm-hmm. because they're going to present Becky as this dastardly heel and that's only going to get her cheered more and people are going to start to boo Rousey because of it. I, I, I could see, like, that might not, that might not transpire, mm-hmm. but I think it's a concern that's large enough to find another match. Well, you came <laughs> up, you pitched this uh, in the office earlier and I think it's a really, really genius idea. Uh, to share it with the rest of the class. Okay. I thought this was brilliant. So, right, the, because you, you don't want uh, the like one champion to beat the other because it makes them both seem weak. So you, you end in a screwy finish, and that is Shayna Baszler, Jessamine Duke, Marina Shafir all turn up and help Rousey win. Like it's the debut of this heel faction. There's nothing really on the line apart from bragging rights, so no one looks bad there. Becky Lynch is beaten up. She's super over. Maybe Sasha Banks and Bailey run down. Um, but they get beaten up too. And it's just like, then you tell the story over the next couple of months of Becky trying to make amends with Charlotte. And then that builds to the WrestleMania horsewomen versus horsewomen match. And it also allows, it kind of like gives some credence, well, it gives some, I'm not sure what the word I'm after here though, because like, cause NXT have taped up until Survivor Series weekend already, which means that the NXT Women's Championship is not going to be featured on the show mm. because it couldn't, because they couldn't tape anything in advance unless they do some backstage segments. So this almost gives an excuse for Baszler, Duke and Sh- like Shafir to not be on TV because you keep them off TV and then debut them at Survivor Series on the main roster. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's what they don't think that's what they're going to oh, do. No, right, yeah. But Survivor Series usually has a big angle recently to start the road to WrestleMania. What was last year's? Well, it was something was obviously meant to happen between Triple H. Well, it was Triple H and Kurt, which transpired into the Rousey mixed tag match. That one. I know, but like you had the Shane stuff as well. Obviously, there was something planned there mm-hmm. that didn't happen. But, you know, they started it, and the year before it was Brock and Goldberg. Yeah, you got to remember, though, uh, SmackDown only lost because Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn interfered. It wasn't because <laughs> Triple H pedigreed everyone, uh, and then they lost. Triple H won it for Raw and <laughs> SmackDown. <laughs> um, so after that very exciting match announcement, they, they sort of did it with a uh, an interview clip filmed after Evolution where Ronda and Becky are just both holding their championship belts, and they say... Congratulations, champ. Champ. And he just kept on saying champ. Ronda's facials in this were really good. Yeah. She was just like... Yeah, it was It was a really, really... It was a good little segment, actually. I thought this was quite nice. And that led into a 10-woman tag. Mm. Because nothing says progressive, we're moving forward with women's wrestling more than a random 10-man tag that featured the majority of the Evolution card. And it just felt very much like a... Trish and Lita are still here because they were here last night, we'll just throw everyone out into a random 10-man tag. With that said, I thought it was a fun little match. And uh, Peyton Royce was apparently very jealous that she was not a part of it. Uh, that's what she tweeted anyway. Um, 
Although uh, my first note is that Lisa and Trish tried to do the uh, the poetry in motion <laughs> thing and it looked awful. Yeah, so Jeff usually jumps off <laughs> off the the back of Matt. Like that's meant to be a, a springboard platform, I yeah. would argue. Lita uses it as a step over. <laughs> so she just steps over, lands um, on the floor and then does an elbow. Well, I thought she stepped and then fell yeah, into the it's, elbow. Yeah, it's not not that good looking. But it wasn't as bad as <laughs> The the Leisha Fox stuff at the end. What was that all about? Yeah, well, she's a pioneer of the wrestling women's uh, okay. division. Oh, man. Do you know what? I saw someone put up this tweet. I haven't heard this interview, but apparently Leisha Fox did an interview earlier this year on Lillian Garcia's podcast where she said that she's actually looks back on her WWE career as a joke and she is not proud of anything that she has accomplished and she actually is a bit embarrassed by everything. Apart from obligatory mention of the Northern Lights suplex. Well, obviously, because it had Northern Lights suplex, it's one of the best. But she said, like, I just like my, my, I feel like my career's been a bit of a joke. Mm. And then, and I thought it was an evolution as well, because she was like the secondary, you know, she was meant to be in the pointless battle royal, but instead just became a second because Alexa Bliss got injured. And they had that moment during the opening package where they were like, it's the past of Trish Stratus versus the present in a big avert commons with a picture of Alicia Fox. And I was like, she's not the present. Like, I know it's meant to be Alexa Bliss. And again, she was almost like a forgotten part of that match. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, we've been very harsh on Alicia Fox on this show for good reason because she hasn't had a good 2018. She's not a good, well, what year has she had a good version of? She was Survivor Series captain this time last year. <laughs> she's fun on promos. Yeah. But she's not a good wrestler. But then in this, she gets in. <laughs> <laughs> she blind tags herself in which looked like it was a mistake unto itself because Ruby Riot looked at her and like what are you doing but like Fox tagged herself in and then she like I, what happened like she went to like attack both uh, Trish and Bailey on the outside but sort of didn't she just fell and then Bailey and Trish went hmm and sort of looked at the floor and then Fox got up and was like oh hang on and just started attacking them again. It was really, really bad. Yeah. But I feel bad making fun of her now because she said, like, my whole career's been a joke. Yeah, well, you, it, she's not good at her job. Uh, <laughs> she, she can leave and or just, like, ask to not wrestle anymore. I don't know. But I think she wants to be <clears throat> good. Mm. Yeah. But this match, I did enjoy this match. I did match. enjoy this match. Uh, the crowd were pretty dead for everything apart from that great twist of fate which i've seen in luke's notes has a really like <laughs> so bailey and bailey and lita hit twists of fates on people at the same time and luke has written in his notes she'll remember that forever that's not my words <laughs> those are the words of renee young oh okay that, that's what, and i was then that's why i put it in brackets that's lame like, then that's so lame where it's just like and that's and that's one of the things i didn't like about this match was just like it felt like this was WB going like, we've let you tank with your favourite wrestlers as a child. How great are we? <laughs> and that was put You're over... Welcome. You're welcome. And that was put over on commentary because Michael Cole, Graves and Renee are going like, God, they'll remember this forever. This will mm. be... A, this is a great moment for their career. And I was like, F this. Yeah. And that, that's why I really, really hated that line of, she'll remember this forever. Um, the crowd went crazy for Natalia's sharpshooter. <laughs> like, more than anything... I think that might have been the loudest pop of the night. They realised it was the finish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God! Um, 
Yeah, because we can't go for piss breaks in these matches now because that's misogynistic. <laughs> yeah, also, so everyone's like, oh, come on, just that sharpshooter. <laughs> that's it. Also, it has every chance it could be good. Yeah, yeah. So this, what, like, I did enjoy this match, uh, but it's there's nothing. There's nothing. There's no storyline, or no. it's just ten ten people just chucked in there. It's the equivalent of the creative has nothing for you battle royal. And that was why I was really annoyed at this show was that they did nothing coming out of Evolution. Like, there was nothing... Like, the opening segment of the show was all like, Crown Jewel's coming up, forget all about that other stuff, Crown Jewel's coming up. And then they did this, and they announced sort of, like, the Ronda and, like, you know, they showed pictures throughout the show. But nothing that happened in that show drove the action of this Raw, the following mm. up to it. You know, this is the... The, the night after a pay-per-view is supposed to be a big show because that's when your storylines that come out of one show start the next one. But nothing happened here. It was just, isn't it great that we let them tag with their heroes? Yeah. Yes, that's that's a shame. Uh, but I mean, th- there is an argument to be made that Nia Jax and Ember Moon. I did. Li- uh, I literally forgot that happened on the show <laughs> until I read Nia's name, and I was like, "Oh yeah, no, that did happen." I because guess. that was the next segment where Nia's t- Nia has a shot at the at the women's championship now because she won that creative has nothing for you battle royal, and Charlie, who had a great jumper on. <laughs> I'm not ca- like this. I've got a picture. Of, I didn't use it in my review. Mm-hmm. But it was just such a fun, colourful jumper. Yeah. Look at that. That is a fun Isn't jumper. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to show it to... That's not going to show up, is it? To the, I don't know. So there it is. Let me let me make it really bright. Oh, there is the brightest. <laughs> well, yeah, there it is. Like, it's just a a, a, a vertical stripe. With lots of colours. Loads of colours. Yeah. So that was really nice. Good jumper. Good jumper, Charlie. I hope that's her gimmick now. Really oh. comfy, snuggly-looking jumpers. Well, we are getting into those winter months. Mm. You know, it's an autumnal season. I was chilly this morning, and just seeing Charlie oh, made I know. me you, feel a bit warm. You've mentioned this so much I'm, since you've got into the I'm office. I'm cold today. I feel cold. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, Charlie's interviewing them both. Naya's like, I can't. Uh, I'm going to wait till after Ronda's competed at Survivor Series. Because why be in a featured match at Survivor Series, eh? Yeah, and the, yeah, because you could just say oh. triple threat. Or just say, no, I want to face it next week on Raw. I'm going to win the title. And then I'll have the featured match at Survivor Series against Becky Lynch, which I'll yeah. also win. That's a very good point. And then Ember Moon rocks in and is like, well, I had the <laughs> most eliminations. And it was very scripted and badly delivered all around. And they challenge each other for a match. And Nia goes, well, you know, I'll beat you uh, again tonight, just like I did last night. Ha, 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 walked off. And I'm there like, oh, come on, guys. I was like... I was getting invested in something I thought you were telling, and that is Nia Jax slowly getting more and more frustrated with Ember Moon because Ember Moon keeps on winning or beating her and doing stuff like that, but they're friends. And now you're not bringing up any of that. Ember Moon didn't say any of that. That's the last month of matches they've had, and it's just Nia saying, yeah, but I beat you all the time. Like, what's the point of following or getting invested in anything because you don't care about it i think this <coughs> is like the daniel bryan Bree thing that led into super showdown which you oh no it was leading down the cell you're like that's definitely gonna lead to something i genuinely think you've made up this storyline between jackson ember moon it's no 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 they were deaf <laughs> they were foreshadowing something and they, look they've got so many chekhov's guns they're chekhov's rakes <laughs> and i'm just walking around and they're slapping me in the face like that sideshow <laughs> bob episode okay let's do something good Elias well, might but, just be the second coming of The Rock. Sorry, before that, uh, they were showing these images of evolution throughout. 
And there was one of these evolution images they showed, which was the four horsewomen of WWE, Becky Lynch, Bailey, Banks, and Charlotte. Feuding. Posing with Ric Flair doing the, the four sign. And I was like, come on, guys. Like, at least pretend that they're not all friends now. Like, because that's what we're meant to be invested in, is that these two hate each other. But yeah, here you are going like, but secretly, they are the best of friends. Like, why should I care then? Yeah. Hated yeah. it. Very annoying. But Elias. Elias. This was good. So uh, you get the... Which was the, the, the big strum and everyone pops. Uh, and Renee Young, just on, on commentary, goes, magic. <laughs> I was like, you hated him. You've hated him ever since you became on commentary. Like, I just... It's just very frustrating, the inconsistencies here. Yeah. You know, because Elias is a face now. Forget about all the time he was a heel. Yeah, forget about that mega heat he got in whatever place it was, Seattle or wherever. Yeah. Uh, he's now a baby face, and he said that he's got a song for Baron Corbin, but he wants to go play it to him face to face. And then he had two back-to-back amazing moments when he's walking up the aisle because he's still got his microphone on, his little headset thing, and he just stops at the crowd. He's like, please, sir, don't cry. It's okay. <laughs> just you'll, you'll get a performance later. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. good. Then he walks to the back, and I, was, I, th- I think it was Dana Brooke. It was Dana Brooke. I, at first, I thought it was Maurice. <laughs> I was like, why is Maurice here? But then it was Dana Brooke. And he just walks to her and says, I don't have a song for you. Well, no, she <laughs> says, Elias. Yeah. Can you play me a song later? And he goes, for you? No. No. That's where he's on walking. Then a guy hold, like dressed in a kind of chef-like outfit holding a chocolate cake, a big chocolate birthday cake, walks past. Elias stops him and goes, just take that to my dressing room, please. And then walks a few more steps and is at Baron Corbin's trainer's room. Yeah. D- incredible. <laughs> incredible. Yeah. It was great. Really, really great stuff. And then he sang his song for Corbin, which was great. And the crowd popped for it. You're, I mean, it sounds like hyperbole to say the second coming of The Rock. But like one of the benefits that Cena had when he was in his rapper gimmick was that he could do these songs as promos on people and get the crowd to pop for the, oh, yeah, you were going to say bitch or puppet or whatever. Like, and, you know, and you just stop before you, and the crowd go, Oh, you were going to say a word. Yeah. and Usually be, a homoerotic one word. if it was. Yeah. yeah. But people get into it and it works really yeah, well. Yeah. And which is why he's going to make a very good baby face. And they had a match with Jinder. That's it. Yeah. So, so when I say the second coming of The Rock, I mean the second coming of that one bit of The Rock when really <laughs> The Rock had so many bits. That's why he was amazing because he could, you know, he could wrestle. He was charismatic. He could psych people up. He could be funny. He could be serious. Whereas Elias just has the, yeah, the, the musical comedy yeah. bit down. And, so, and like that, there is an air of confidence when Elias walks around that feels like it feels quite rock Well, if you were that organically over, mm. you would have that air of confidence about you. Which is like, I've got I this, don't. man. <laughs> I, was, I was really scared on that segue. <laughs> the uh, only time I was really scared <laughs> on that segue, which is when Jushin Thunder Liger went to give me a high five. And I was like, I was in a, like a buzz of like, man, that performance went really well. And Jushin Thunder Liger's going to give me a high five. And then as part of my brain suddenly went, don't run into him. Like, don't, <laughs> don't lose control of the Segway and run over Juice and Thunder like oh, with the Segway. Because they're, they're, they're controlled by the handles, the ones we had. If you yeah. removed your hand and that sent you going left into the stage, yep. that would have been the best possible outcome. 
Uh, so yeah, but after after all this great babyface comedy stuff, it was completely flattened out by a brief, uninteresting match with Jinder. And as much as you can go, well, you know, it was a booked, boring match. Jinder's not over right now. You know, Elias in the ring isn't doesn't do anything really. The most uninteresting thing about Elias is his wrestling. Mm. Like he is an incredible promo. He is very good at like capturing a crowd and having that crowd eating out the palm of his hand. But it's, as Pritchard says, once the bell rings, it's uh, you just lose all interest in it. Which is problematic for a wrestler. Now, yeah. th- this was a point. I haven't had this for a while. I was quite enjoying Raw up until this point. And I thought, man, I wish Raw was two hours. Mm-hmm. Like th- Obviously, we all do, but I've gotten used to it now. I don't think that that, that often. But it's like... If this was the penultimate or anti-penultimate segment of the show, that's a hell of a show. Like the 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 final two bits could be dud. I could, but I could still walk away and go, "Hey, I didn't feel like that was a waste of heart, you know, yeah. forty-five minutes." Yeah. The one thing, the real big positive you can say about SmackDown is that it goes by so mm. quickly because it's a two-hour show. Whereas there are parts of Raw where you are like, "Okay, I'm ready for this to be." Over. Yeah. Uh, because then it was like there wasn't much else good apart from the. Ambrose, uh, Ambrose and Rollins stuff after mm-hmm. this, yeah. Uh, because then we got the a Kurt Angle promo, which was effectively a Kurt Angle video package to explain to the Saudi Arabian Crown Prince who he is. Surely he knows though, which no, is why this got like a mid nineties. Yeah, but this this whole tournament has got such a mid two thousands feel to it. You've got to think he must have loved that period as well. This is such a ruthless aggression like tournament, you with do- the exception of Rollins. It's it's a ruthless aggression tournament of so that that's I think that's because those are the only people who are still wrestling, and if if it was up to the crown prince, it would be Taker Kane, you mm. know, Attitude Era and before. Yeah. that's the era he knows. Mm-hmm. Wants Bret Hart there. Yeah, yeah. But I thought the funniest thing about <laughs> this was that like Kurt then cuts this promo from this gym where he is very sweaty. Like dri- like Bobby Splashley levels of dripping with sweat. And speaking of, he then says, I look forward to Bobby being in the tournament. And I'm like, how did you know? Baron only added him an hour ago. It's like it's scripted. <sighs> maybe just cut that. Maybe that was live. <laughs> I felt like Kurt definitely had a bit more fire in him than the previous weeks. I wonder if he actually saw some of the feedback for his terrible, terrible promo the previous week. But it's still overly scripted. Like that yeah. Kurt's strength is presumably bullet points, but it's not whatever he's done since his WWE return, that is not Kurt's strength. I wonder if it's um like Kurt said in his interview with Jericho that his in an era when a lot of the guys had bullet points, he had all of his written down for him verbatim. But it was Vince McMahon that would coach him like right. on how to deliver those lines. And I wonder if now he just doesn't have like the Vince there to say this is how you should need to deliver this the these scripts. Well, it was good at promos in Impact or TNA. I don't know why. So I just think they haven't got good writers WWE compared that's, to. Well, that's obviously yeah. I mean, that's <coughs> certainly a possibility. Um, so next up, continuing the sort of funk was the Ascension, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode and AOP in a three-way match, and I did. Stupid me, I got excited because Why? because they were like putting it over as the tag team champions. Like it's effectively vacated because Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose have imploded. 
nobody knows what's going on with the tag belts. Here are three teams that have got moderate pushes recently, especially AOP. And I thought, you know what? We could be in for like a 10, 15 minute match here, which starts to position the new tag team champions. Okay. Especially with AOP and Bobby Roode and Chad Gable in there. And AOP come down and Ascension and Rude and Gable gang up and start wailing on AOP. And I thought that is what you do as part of a structure of a longer match. Mm -hmm. Because you take them out and then you have a Ascension versus Gable and Rude match and an AOP come in and then you all brawl and then you double down and then it breaks down and blah, 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 blah. So I thought at least 10 minute match. I was getting excited. And then not only did AOP not win... Like they just it was it was a match that was over in three minutes. I thought it was a tremendous waste. Yeah, although Gable and Rude have got a new uh, finisher. That's the which, one positive. It's a chaos theory into a neck break, which is quite nice. It looks really cool. It does look really cool. I just thought it was funny that this is a follow up to an angle from three weeks ago. Yeah, it's uh, it's this this was just treading water. Yeah, and at worst might have is starting to flatten out AOP. But it was no worse than the other tag match that we got later on. Yeah. So then you got the, the you got this Roman promo, which was a yeah. bunch of Make a Wish kids telling Roman that he can get through this. Yep. Not not yeah. sad. Uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose after that. Then we got Bobby Lashley saying that he's going to win the World Cup to Charlie, wearing an awesome jumper. And then we got that payoff to the Nia Jax Ember Moon match, mm. where Cole opened the match by saying Naya will take on her best friend Ember Moon <laughs> ooh friends god that's lame well is that lame or is this Tamina Nia Jax feud that Vince seems to think is what everyone wants to see is that's what's lame oh it's all lame it's just varying degrees of lame. So they wrestle for a few minutes. I thought this was going to finally be the start of the other Chekhov's rake I seem to have walked into. Of Ember Moon versus Nia Jax. Nia turns heel for the hundredth time. And Ember Moon is the plucky babyface. Uh, that is not what happened. And it seems that it was all to build Tamina Nia Jax. Because Tamina's music interrupts after... A little bit of a match, nothing special. Mm -hmm. And Tamina has a stare. Like, Naya, with the distraction, just hits the leg drop for the win. Yeah, well, I don't know what happened. Like, they both sort of stood there, and then Naya was like, oh, I'm not distracted anymore. And, yeah. just, and hit Ember Moon and hit the, the leg drop for the win. Like, because Tamina, like, I mean, she came out to less than zero reaction. And then they had this stare off that had even less. And then, like, Tamina just left. And this happened at Evolution as well. And I thought while I was watching that Evolution Battle Royal, they're going to form a tag team. Yes, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. I thought when Tamina came out, I was like, Naya's turning on that's Ember. That's it, yes, that's this is pretty it. cool. Yeah. But it's not. It's, no. it's building towards a match between the two. And man, not interested in that match at all. Oh, no. Poor old Ember. I mean, so, so I think there is still the possibility <laughs> it could turn into a tag team. Yeah. Because it wasn't decisive. It was a bit like, oh, Naya still used that distraction to beat her best friend. That's pretty evil. And Tamina didn't do anything mm -hmm. to Naya. She just backed off. So maybe they're going to play it out in a contrived way, which doesn't really make any sense. But it's all to build to a bit where Naya then turns on Ember when you think she was going to turn on Tamina. Cool. 
<laughs> I'm sure yeah. Ember Moon will then find yeah. a new best friend uh, to form a tag team with. Usually Natalia. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet you it's Natalia. So, so that that was lame. And then we got uh, Lucha House Party, Day, like re-debut. I can't remember if they were ever. No, this an is act. their raw debut. Good, because that's what I used as the video title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you went with that one, did you? Yep. Uh, yeah. Got, got to get the silhouettes and the question marks in. I guess so. And so, yeah, Lucha House Party. I love Lucha House Party. Oh, really? You're that guy. I what the hell, man? Me and Laura, I guess it was me and Laura that had this conversation where we said, like, it is the worst tag team name. Oh, it's it, the worst tag team name. But those yeah. three, me and you well, discussed on Ramble Club, they should be on no, a main roster. Those three, love all those three. What I don't love is them coming out with the pinata that they've got named, the clacker. It ju- that made me hate this act. Mm. Hate this act. I want this act to be fun. That's yeah. not fun, but at the same time, this act They've is got not party in the name. This act. How are they not fun? Well, you tell me. But this act is not made for me. Mm. This act is not made for a guy in his thirties. This act is designed for kids. This act is designed for kids who are like that is a fun-looking pinata. The clacker makes a fun sound. They're a fun little group. They all wear masks, so it's fine. It's fine that I don't like the act. It's not made for me. So I. Yeah, I guess that the the packaging of the act isn't very good. Nope. But the the core group of three fantastic masked wrestlers. Thumbs up. That's what I'm into. Thumbs up for that. And on two oh five live, we we watched that excellent match, mm-hmm. which made our top five match of the month for August, I think. Yep. Uh, against Tony Nese, Buddy Murphy, and it was Tony Nese and Buddy Murphy. It was a tag match. It was just a tag match. match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was extraordinary. It was a really, really good match. And so, and I was like, you know, these guys should be on a on SmackDown or Raw as just a really fun lifter of spirits. And I, well, when they came out, yep, there's problems with the sort of racial stereotyping, and it's just very one dimensional. But this is like another way to flesh out that tag division, which now has a power vacuum in the top. I thought we were going to get like a ten minute match. <laughs> To put this is your problem, man. Is that you had so much? You had so much more high hopes. I than thought it. this was the last segment, like the 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 end, the, the penultimate segment. I didn't know Dolph Ziggler was going <laughs> to face Apollo Cruz. He's how did that push go? <laughs> push down a cliff, and uh, yeah, they it was it was not a match designed to get them over. It was a match to say they're here. Well. He- was it a match to say they're here? Because they kept saying that Kalisto has got a spread in GQ. And that was the way I was like, oh, so that's why they're on this show. Uh. Because Kalisto was in GQ, mainstream audience want to watch Raw to see the main, to see the guy that they saw in GQ. So, th- I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong on that, but because they kept saying it over and over again, I was like, well, I, I guess that's why this match is happening. I was more hopeful that they're joining the Raw Tag Division. I could be wrong. They deserve to be on the Raw mm. Tag Team uh, roster. They And Raw could do with them, really. But, I mean, aside from the fact that, as you said, they have flattened out every team. By the way, they beat the Revival. What happened to that push? Like, you want to talk about failed pushes. Not failed pushes, stopped pushes. And we now look at this Raw Tag Team Division that is a tag team that don't have the belts. Well, they do, but they're not are they vacating the belts are they not we don't know and you've got lucha house party possibly but they didn't really get much of a showing here they just did some stuff revival flattened out the ascension non-existent 
AOP flattened out, Gable and Rude flattened out, and the B team. Heath Slater and Rhino. And Heath Slater and Rhino, where have they been? So you've got seven teams there, and not one of them looks like, oh, they could be the next Raw Tag Team Champions. Yeah. It's uh, it's 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 depressing. That is, it's, that's astounding. And and they didn't even. Granted, I wouldn't have done it to the revival anyway. I would, I would have had them face Heath Slater and Rhino or something. Lucha House Party here. Two other guys from Two Hundred Five Live. Yeah, but uh, that they just won the match in a fluky kind of manner in five minutes. Like, who does that get over? Certainly not the revival. Yeah. Uh, then we got Dolph Ziggler coming out with Drew McIntyre. Drew says. We split up the shield, and now I'm focused on Braun and Brock at Crown Jewel. Where's their automatic rematch clause? Where's like They lost the tag titles last week, and that was not even mentioned. Hey, tell Kevin Owens. <laughs> Where's his universal title rematch? Um, and Dolph cuts a pretty decent promo on Kurt, I thought. It's just a shame that a lot of what Ziggler says is kind of empty. Hollow. Yeah, because, you know, he's been wasted uh, over all these years. And it turns into a match against Apollo Crews, which Crews does some impressive bits like the overhead press and the standing moonsault, but ultimately was beaten. Yeah, he took 90% of the match and then lost. So doesn't really help Dolph's claim of being the best in the world. Doesn't really get over Crews. Like, no one gets over. And it was just incredible that they didn't mention the tag titles. And... Yeah, what was the point? Like, like, although I didn't say this earlier, but there was this hilarious moment. You know about like not following up on things during people's entrances, or like you know, Drew, Drew and Dolph lost the tag team titles last week. Not even a mention of it. Seth came out and did his regular entrance, like his the entrance he would do on any other week, despite the fact that he's had this real big drama. And Michael Cole says he must be cut up on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the main event was uh, Undertaker and Kane coming out to cut a spooky promo. It's all about hell and stuff, Ooh, souls and whatnot. I just have no interest in. It feels outdated. I had to rewind one of one part of this though, because I think Taker mucked up one of his lines. Oh yeah, like like he said that it will not be the end of an era, but the end of your era. I think that's what he said, mm. but he went your error, and then that's just like him, the the rolling eye equivalent of Garvey. <laughs> and then just sort of looked to the floor, and he had this look in his face that went, "Damn it, <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Mark!" screwed up again. He Mark. looked at his face like, "Oh, dang it!" And then he just sort of walked away from it, and Kane had to be like, "Souls and hell and whatever, blah, blah, blah. tax re- fiscal reform." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, so, I I mean, like, this was uh, a feud that is most definitely outdated and past its sell-by date, but there were enough smoke and mirrors there. This is what I've kind of figured out for myself. There was enough smoke and mirrors there to make it fun, and I was certainly into it at Super Showdown, and, you know, I thought the build for, for that was fantastic, but the it doesn't take much to puncture the fact that this is all decrepit and a bit lame, and it just so happens that a lot has punctured that with real life events. So, yeah, I've, I've suddenly become very not into this. Yeah, it's incredible how yeah. this is Shawn Michaels' out of retirement match, his first match in eight and a half years, and here I am going like, not asked, mate. Yeah, against the Undertaker. Against the Undertaker, and it's it's incredible that I'm just I'm so unbothered by this. Anyway, like they call out DX. 
Triple H comes out like to throw his uh, hockey's merchandise. Oh, he looks so lame. <laughs> well, yeah. And then, did you want to hear what I called them on the Raw review? <laughs> best is best for Saudi Arabian business. <laughs> <laughs> like it was when it was DX two thousand six. It really felt like your dad's on their like on his second stag do for his second marriage. And now here it feels like they're on their third stag do for their third marriage. At least. At least. And it does feel very sad. Mm. And he's there with the glow sticks. And I'm like, you are in your 40s. Like, pack it in. And then he kind of like goes like, oh, but where's Sean? And he sort of looks to the back. And then Kane, for whatever reason, gets out of the ring. Sean runs in. He super kicks Undertaker. And then they like start going, oh, yeah, suck it. And I'm like, guys, you're in your 40s. Pack it in. Yeah. It's just, it feels so sad. Like, this is like, it's, it's yeah, sad. Yeah, and that there's the other, just just as a concept of DX, which is an anti-establishment act. <clears throat> yep. And Triple H is the COO of the company. And Shawn Michaels is a head trainer down in NXT. Yeah. So it just, I just don't buy into any of it. And the, you want to buy into stuff in, in predetermined professional wrestling because... That's the point. If you don't buy into it, it all falls apart. Uh, Taker sits up and... Well, he, he sits up. He kind of rolls up like a teddy bear roll. I don't know if he's... He's not as good at the, the sit-up spot as he once used to be. Well, he's got to save that for Saudi Arabia. You've got to put all, you've got to put all your effort into that one. Mm. Here, it's just on Raw. Like, it doesn't matter. Saving the core strength. Exactly. So overall, I, I thought that was a... a yeah, not not a great episode of Raw at all. No. Apart I, from the Ambrose Rollins stuff. I like the Seth Dean stuff, but that was more or less about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Elias's promo um, was good, but it led to the gender match. And I'm excited for Becky Ronda, but like that's not really this show. Mm. So I thought it was a bit of a, a, a boring show. Poor. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Would you like an Agony Arts request? I would love one. You would love one. Let me pick out one for you then. Um, that's far too long. Um, I'm going to pick out this <laughs> one right here. I thought you had one well, to hand. I've, I've separated them out of emails. Anyway, <clears throat> so this is from Vacant. Hi, guys. I love the show. It really help, helps me get through my long days. I need advice. I'm not exactly sure if I've ever reacted in the situation. But, oh, no, sorry. I'm not sure if I've overreacted in the situation today. I'm 22. Yesterday morning, an ex of mine reached out to me. Mm. Context. We dated in high school. He was pretty manipulative and controlling. I broke up with him. He dated my cousin right after. Like less than two weeks after. I ignored the message because it's been five years since we dated and I just didn't want to have to deal with him. This morning he messaged me again to ask me to talk. I responded that I have nothing to say to him. It's been five years, he dated my cousin and I've moved on. He only focused on the cousin piece, still holding into that. To which I harshly responded, no I've moved on. I don't care who my cousin has jogged with. I'm late for work, we don't have to rehash high school BS. After sending that message, I've blocked him. This is the first time he tried to speak to me in five years, not even at family events when he worked for my dad and my uncle at my house. Was I too harsh with him or was that the right call? Thanks and keep up the consistent work. Huh. That's, uh, like, you know, it's five years since. Usually when a guy gets in touch, speaking from my own personal experience of getting in touch, mm -hmm. it is usually to rekindle 
that that sexy flame that that jogging you know, flame that going jogging super I, into fitness i definitely agree with that that is that is exactly why he texts especially if you like if you were friends for a long time before and then this happened and then you didn't speak together there's an argument that that person might have been getting in touch just because they want to be friends and they miss you but really even that person is also reaching out for jogging friends yes uh so yeah, but, you know, if you said you've moved on after five years, it doesn't sound like you have because you, you sounded quite grumpy about the cousin thing still. Well, no, I don't think so much that. It's just that I think she, this person, I should say, has, has laid their cards out on the table and just be like, look, no, I don't want to say you did this. I'm, mm. I'm, I don't, want to, I don't want to speak to you. Five years, though, that person could have changed. I mean, they did write. He's still holding on to that cousin thing. Yep. I mean, they just missed off an LOL on there to, yeah. to really hammer home well, that point. We don't know what emojis were used in that. Like, it could have been a hug. Well, they it didn't. It could have been a heart. They didn't specify. It could have been emojis. An aubergine. <laughs> <laughs> and a peach. Um, well, what's a peach? That's uh, that's a lady one. No, I've I've always used or heard <laughs> of tacos being a lady. Oh, that's one. right. Yes, a taco is a lady one. I think peach is a bum. Features of that. <laughs> hey, if anybody knows what other, so me and me and Luke can keep up with the kids. We are awful with these sorts. What of emojis mean? Let us know. I mean, I think I've told this story on the on the podcast before, but back in the old flickering myth days, you and I once had a conversation where you didn't know the difference between an emoji and an emoticon, and an eight year old had to explain the difference well, yeah. to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just thought they were all. The same thing, but no, emoji is like the animated form. Emoticons are... Punctuation. I, they still do sometimes. That's because we're old school. And I feel like I accidentally do it to Andy Datsun. <laughs> and he's been, so far been polite enough mm -hmm. to not say, why are you doing a bracket, um, uh, a, a colon, uh, open bracket or close closed bracket, bracket. To, to express your emotions? Yeah. I, I do it as well. Apart from uh, if you do it on Facebook Messenger, it automatically turns it into an emoji, <laughs> which I'll be honest, I'm not cool with. Um, it's very MSN of them. Facebook Messenger, using Facebook Messenger shows that you're out of touch anyway. <laughs> uh, we've got another Agony Arts request here because, as I said on last week's show, it is currently our most popular segment. So we've got mm. so many in, our, in the background. I'm glad. I like, I like being nosy about other people's lives. So obviously this comes in from Vacant. Um, oh, uh, blah, blah, blah. My situation is simple. I'm in high school. I fancy my lab partner and I think she likes me too. Mm. The problem is I'm not 100% sure. And because we're already friends, it makes it harder to tell. Also, because we have a lot of the same classes, I don't want to risk making it weird. Cheers from the United States of America. Right. Well, um, always difficult. Uh, what do you think? Uh, it's it's one of these things that you kind of have to like just work out over time. Like you, you're never going to know the answer off the bat. Mm. So you you'll find that out through social gatherings, through you know. Asking friends of theirs. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's Mutual a good one. Mutual friends. friends. Yep. Yeah. Because if you ask a friend that's only hers, mm. they're going to tell her. They're going to know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you need to, like, find out through uh, social gatherings. Every time I say the term social gathering, I keep thinking of Shaun of the Dead. I keep thinking of, like, Shaun has that conversation with uh, his stepfather. And then um, uh, your man, I can't remember his name now, just jumps in and goes, I thought this wasn't a social gathering. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Nye. No, it's not Bill Nye. Bill Nye is his stepdad. It's the guy who plays... Um, the, oh, the Dylan, Dylan Moran. No, it's not. It's 
Uh, he's the one who plays the guy with the phone. In, who works oh, in the shop? Spool. Rafe Spool. Uh, Thank you very yeah, yeah, much. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember now. Yeah. I, remember. I thought this wasn't a social gathering. Um, that's a very specific that's, thing I that's to funny. remember. And also awesome because I could not remember the real specific details <laughs> <laughs> about it, which I'm sure made mwah for perfect radio. Um, uh, oh, I was going to vacant. A lot of people are going to tell you to tell her how you really feel. It's mm-hmm. a terrible idea. <laughs> and it's a terrible idea until you know how she feels back or at least have like you want to be operating on a 60% certainty rate that she's mm-hmm. also potentially interested yep absolutely yeah so uh, before we get out of here this comes in from Christopher Jenkins the guy who sent us those lovely packages Jenkins week. Christopher Jenkins hi guys hey Hi guys, I'm happy that Laurie likes his gifts too. Thanks for sharing your reactions with me in the Swap Nation. It, it means the world to me. I wanted to address a few things said recently. The real Dan's Dan should keep his names. I know he's offered them up, but to me, it still feels like stealing. Secondary to bribery. <laughs> My line of work, we tend to shy away from awards, accolades, and preferential treatment because it's why we do the job. What a hero! I'm a big D- big DC Comics fan, and Infinite Crisis fits me perfect. It's a fun story. I'm pretty sure I only named him Infinite Crisis because I was reading it at the time, and that it just came to my head. Mm. And I was like, that sort of sounds like Chris and then I went with that um, however I am open to a new nickname if something better comes to mind it won't also can you tell me how to get an invite to Russell Talk's discord page it's in a link in all of our YouTube yes. videos you and Ollie are bo- were both hilariously <laughs> wrong assuming you were too old or I may be too young I'm 39 years old and there's no way I can have the last name Jenkins and not have get seen in. Leroy Jenkins to this day it still makes me laugh I heard the enthusiasm in your voices after reading that I began working on Bludgeon Brothers hammers so i got some a few more materials to help me get started Ooh. i didn't think i could get the right size out of a 4x4 post so i, just, I bought a 6x6 monster post which seems a better likeness to harper and rowan's hammers oh i'm experimenting God. with transferring print to wood like i did for my daughter's bed shown in superhero characters on her bed post i'm excited to put them together but if i'm you i wouldn't wait uh, sorry, I would wait until you have them in your hands to talk about them on air again. It might take a week to build. It might take four weeks. It all depends on how busy my life is in general. i send you another update soon. But here are some pictures of progress. Oh, so wow. that is like the big post that's there with a note for reference. That's enormous. Yeah, it is enormous. Oh, wow. They're mallets. Yeah. Like they are full on. And he's got ah, some. Ah, cool. Some around uh, there. So show us. So amazing progress, and that is for reference of what yeah. he's trying oh, to wow. emulate, and that is his daughter's bed frame that has got these print things on there with like Dark Seed and Thanos and dark the Red Side. S- what did you say? You said Dark Seed. No, you said Dark Seed. I said Dark Side correctly. I and said Dark. No, side. no, I said Dark Side correctly. You said it wrong. You definitely said Dark Seed. I would never say anything like that wrong. <laughs> and then on the other side, uh, some heroes like this Captain America. That's cool. You got a cool kid. Or you're forcing your own interests on your kid. Could which go, either way is cool. Could go either way. Also got to quickly answer this from uh, Conair McCready, who I'm also, I'm almost certain, is Russell, uh, uh, Kurt Russell's character from The Thing. Um, dear Luke and Ollie, big fan of the channel and podcast network. It's one of the reasons I got back into a somewhat hardcore slash diehard pro wrestling fan. Now, I have noticed this question being asked in the YouTube comments, but I've not been able to respond to it because I've 
been looking at my phone and I wanted to respond mm-hmm. to it through a proper channel. The thumbnail to the Wrestle Ramble podcast changed at the start of last week. Between refreshes, it seemed to change again with new actual faces replacing previous ones. Now, this is because I created this new thumbnail artwork and we looked at it and we were like, yeah, that's cool. Let's get ready and post that. And I pressed post and then we thought, actually, let's move some of these characters around. It was a minute, 90 seconds tops between the two images being changed. And I thought, no one's going to notice. And yet someone did. Someone did. Someone says Becky Lynch was replaced. Uh, Becky Lynch replaced Rich Swan. Walter replaced question marks. Could you tell me who the question marks were before Walter? Or am I just seeing things? I was trying to ask this on the YouTube comments, but I never seem to get there in time. Hopefully you can <laughs> answer my question despite it being a bit silly. It's just something that has bothered me because I'm weird like that. Best swafting regards, Conair. I'll be honest with you, I don't remember. Well, that's, we, d- yeah. we, we just wanted to move because we suddenly realized that Walter was behind the wrestle ramble. So I thought well, I want to move him into prominence. I just don't remember. It's both comforting and incredibly scary that so many people watch us that any tiny mistake or change we make is scrutinized en masse. Do you think people will notice the new set? Uh, I hope I don't, <laughs> they, they won't. No, they'll just be like, Where, uh, where's the new set? <laughs> Uh, where's the wigs <laughs> why do people still ask me where's the jacket gone that was two months ago they don't watch it you lost it to Cultaholic um, lastly Conor Kiran has sent in a joke to round this review off and I like this one what do you call a dinosaur that looks after his teeth a flosseraptor <laughs> <laughs> But that is all we have got time for on today's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please head over to WrestleTalk.com forward slash Prince Charles Cinema and get your tickets to see Wrestle Ramble live at the Prince Charles Cinema in two weeks' time where we're going to be screening Beyond the Mat in 35mm and a Wrestle Along screening. We've got some loads of surprises and some fun stuff happening on that day. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Find out what's going to happen with that AJ Styles Daniel Bryan thing and they've announced it's going to be Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ty Dillinger for the United States Championship. So maybe Shinsuke Nakamura will get a storyline. Who knows? We'll see you next time. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.